Good morning, Colorado. Here we go. Y'all ready for this? The Bell and Pollock Legal Show, the only show of its kind. I'm Gary Bell, along with Brad Pollock. Our law firm is Bell and Pollock. We are injury attorneys, and we are here to educate you because at Bell and Pollock, we educate and advocate for you. You know, we've been doing these shows for years. This podcast is to help you, give you information that you need to fight and win the war on your injury claim. Simple as that. We cover a different subject each week. You can call us anytime at 303-795-5900. That's 303-795-5900. In the mountains, you can call us at 970-870-8989. That's 870-8989. And our website, you know, anytime, anywhere from the comfort of your phone, your computer, your laptop, your iPad, your mini iPad, doesn't matter. Our website is championsofthepeople.com. That's championsofthepeople.com. We're here for you. And by the way, our, our website's an information-loaded website. We have nine books there for on different injury subjects. They're free. You can download an e-copy of any of our books for free at any time. And if you want a hard copy, all you have to do is call us at 303-795-5900. We'll be glad to give you a hard copy free anytime. Okay, what is today's subject? Here we go. You're injured in a car crash, which we don't wish on anybody. But if it happens and you have to file a claim and then they offer you a ridiculously low amount and then you have to file a lawsuit, you know, at Bell and Public, we try to never file a lawsuit. We try to resolve your claim without a lawsuit. But many times that's not possible because they won't pay you. They won't give you full and adequate and fair compensation. And therefore, we have to file a lawsuit. You file a lawsuit. And Brad, you know, and I know the one of the first things they do as I say, we're going to send you to what they call, they being the defense, the insurance company, the ones that want to try to beat your claim, defeat you, defeat your injury claim, what they call an independent, and underscore that word independent, an independent medical examination. Okay, so we're going to cover today, you know, can they do that? Why do they call it independent, right? And what can you do to protect yourself? So, Brad, let's talk about this because we've, we've visited these so-called independent medical examinations for years, and they're not independent at all. No, they're not. Uh, you're dealing with uh, doctors who or medical professionals of one type or another who um, very, very much are involved in a career of making huge amounts of money. We're talking seven figures a year. They're making huge amounts of money by examining people on behalf of defense attorneys or on behalf of insurance companies to say the person's not hurt or to say the person's injuries aren't that bad or to say the person will recover and so you don't need future medicals or to make some other statement. They're, they're very careful. Rarely do they... They're, they're supposed to be people who have not been previously involved in the medical care of the injured person. And so that's not hard. You just get a person who doesn't really spend much time treating people or spends very limited time treating people. And they then are getting a person who they haven't treated before. They haven't been involved in the treatment. They haven't done anything. Uh, They're not giving a, quote, second opinion if you think it's a second opinion, they're not, because a second opinion would subject them to some type of potential responsibility if their second opinion is relied upon 
and is carried out and it results being a, 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 a not a well-based or, friv- or frivolous opinion. So they don't give a second opinion. They don't treat. They don't get themselves in a situation where they have any kind of relationship or responsibility to the patient. They make sure that whatever they say, the patient can't come back and use against them for saying you gave me bad, bad advice and it resulted in injury or pain or problems to me. So, so they're very careful. And normally they're very much tied into defense attorneys, the defense bar, and into insurance companies to make sure that uh, the, the defense attorneys are well aware of the fact they're going to get an opinion from the doctor that says this person's not hurt as bad. Right, and, and they do it because they want more cases in the future. And I want everybody to understand the flavor of this situation. So we're going to slow this program down, and I want you to think about the following. You've been injured. Maybe you got back problems. Maybe you got back surgery recommended. This is bad right? And you're going to go to one of these so-called independent medical examination doctors handpicked by the insurance company and the defense lawyers. And they're going to examine you. This is like going to a stranger doctor you've never met and they get the right to do it. But there's certain protections you can make for yourself, right? But the, the, I want you to listen to Brad Pollock's words very carefully. This doctor you're going to go to has no liability to you, has no responsibility to you, no legal duty to you. So if they say something in their report, which we could probably write the report from the times we've seen them, the number of times we've seen them, if they say something in the report like, well, you're not injured, or you're just, um, sometimes they call you a malingerer, or you're faking, or, they, or worse yet, they imply. They don't say you're a liar. They imply that you're not telling the truth. Brad, some, some of the ways they do this is you're, you're not a good, quote, medical historian. What does that mean? You didn't, you didn't come, you made mistakes in your medical history, right? You're not a good medical historian. They, they, they're in essence saying you lied about your, your yeah, past they history. Say it. Uh, that's what they're saying. You know, when they say you're not a good medical historian, you're lying. Uh, you know, the, the, the result is, is that they then attack the character and the credibility of the patient, of the person who's been hurt. Uh, looking at people many times when they've been hurt and when they're suffering and when they have the injuries they do, it is very hard for them to be able to remember a lot of what went on, a lot of how, what treatment they've gotten, a lot of what different doctors have said. A number of times people get hurt. They have more than one doctor. They have a number of doctors. They, they have therapists, chiropractors, acupuncturists. That's right. They're trying to attribute whatever was said by the particular doctor for the suggested treatment. And what's upsetting about that is that the, the, normally the doctor on behalf of the defense, the one who's been hired to work for the defense, and they get hired on multiple occasions. So you know they're doing a good job for the insurance company, for the defense, because that they, they don't, they, they, people come back to them. Like I said, they're making seven figures doing this. That's a million dollars or more. Mm-hmm. Some of them make them per insurance company examining injured people, writing reports about you. And, and, and so they, they, you know, and we're talking about thousands of dollars they get paid tens of thousands of times, but for sure, for sure, thousands of dollars. And, and, uh, you know, before they do the examination, they always want a bunch of medical records. So they get the medical records. They have the information about what the different doctors have said. And then they, they come in and they quiz the patient as in, okay, what, what's been told you and who are you using? What's the doctor saying? What are they telling you? And when the person can't remember as well as what the records say, they said they're a poor historian. 
You know, well, you know, normally an injured person trying to sit down and remember all the different care and all the different things that have gone on for the past year when they're going in and out of doctors, they're trying to work their lives around with it. They're trying to work their jobs around with it. They're, they're not even sleeping at nights. They're not, they're not able to, to really uh, even prepare themselves a, a meal. They've got to have people do it for them. They can't help clean up after dinner to, to do the dishes. They can't work around the house. They're very much restricted. And to be saying that they should somehow have as much detail as what the records are saying for, for their injuries is, 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 is not, not appropriate in my mind. And, you know, once again, what they get termed as is a poor historian, which in essence is saying you're a liar. You're a poor records historian. You're a liar. They don't say they don't use the word liar. They just imply it innuendo. Another one of their favorites ones is that um, you, you know you you would have ordinarily since most people would have been expected to recover from this neck injury or back injury or arm injury or rotator cuff injury with no impairments. Most people would have been expected you should have recovered, but everybody's anatomical makeup is different. You need to remember that. Another one they use Brad all the time. All the time is well, your reported symptoms are inconsistent with my objective examination. Who, whose objective examination? Yeah. Who, who are you talking about? Right, you know that that's always interesting too. Because if they if they it, during the examination, if the patient shows pain, then they say they're exaggerating, exaggerating, and and they're showing too much pain. And then they when they don't show pain, they say, "Well, you, your symptoms don't match up with what I've done that should have induced pain and should have given you problems." Um, and it's all a little gamesmanship that's going on in the examination. Uh, now we've we, you know as plaintiffs lawyers, we try to. Uh, stop that with uh, maybe videotaping or audio taping, you'd be surprised about how many of these doctors don't want any of that to happen. They don't want their examination audio taped or videotaped. They don't want to have any any way that the that you can get a proper recount of what happened. Yeah. They don't want any witnesses. Yeah, and they and they fight in court to stop that. They do. You know, another one, uh, and this is my, and this might be my favorite one. <clears throat> you're reporting symptoms. They say you reported symptoms of your neck pain and lack of range of motion and limited range of motion. Your reported symptoms are inconsistent with the radiological films, meaning X-rays, MRIs taken of you, because they they don't show anything remarkable in doctor talk. It, your films are not remarkable, meaning they're normal, they're ordinary, but they don't say. That many, many types of injuries, including neurological injuries, neurological deficits, right? Coming from cauda equina syndrome, low back lumbar injuries, right? Retrolisthesis, anterolisthesis. What they don't say is that they don't show up on x-rays or MRIs. What they don't say is they know, they know full well facet injuries don't show up on films. And people can have facet injuries, which are very devastating, very debilitating, which leads to a whole protocol of injections and rhizotomies. And they just don't want to say that. They want to say your films are okay. They're all normal. So what's your problem? Well, what's amazing is a lot of times the defense attorneys, knowing about what they're going to get, they, uh, one of the questions to them is, what, what future care does this patient need? And the defense, the, the, these examiners will come out and say, here's, here's the future care we believe needs to be done right now and should, be, should resolve it. But remember, they fight hard and long, and they've been successful to say that if you as the injured person look and say, okay, I'm going to follow your, your directive on how you say it should be treated, if it doesn't work, I'm not, the doctor's not responsible. That's the Greenberg case. 
the Greenberg case, the, the IME, the so-called IME, Independent Medical Examiner, went a step further and recommended some kind of treatment. And they said, since you did that and since you got involved in their therapy, then you're going to be liable. But they're not liable to you. They can say almost anything they want to say about you. And That's they right. do. Right. Okay. You're listening to the Bell and Pollock Legal Show. I'm Gary Bell, along with Brad Pollock. Our law firm is Bell and Pollock. We're injury attorneys. If you've been injured, if you have a case, you can call us at 303-795-5900. That's 795-5900. Or go to our website, championsofthepeople.com. That's championsofthepeople.com. Now, Brad, let's talk about, to wrap up our podcast, what can you do? And what do we do for people to try to protect them from these so-called independent medical examinations? And you said one thing already, uh, we make requests to have the sessions videoed. But just explain to everybody the fight we get on those. Oh, it's, it's a huge fight. Uh, they, they, it's funny because what the examiners will say is that when, they, when, when, the, when the event is being videoed or audio taped, they say they don't get a true picture of what the plaintiffs or the injured person's injuries are because the injured person is not as legitimate or honest or forthcoming if they're being video or audio taped. It's very interesting because they're saying that if we actually record what you say, you're going to not be accurate in your statements. But if we don't record it, so nobody knows what you say, then you're going to be more accurate. It, it, it almost works against what, what you expect would happen if it's being videotaped or audiotaped. Because you and I have seen in the reports where they said the patient or the injured person said this or said that. And the person, the client says, I didn't say that. I didn't say that at all. But they don't want it recorded. They don't want it audio recorded. They don't want a video recorded. But in a minute, we're going to tell you some more, a couple more tips that you can, you can uh, follow. But Brad, the one that gets me the most, that almost makes me laugh out loud is you, your, your, your client's going to go to a, de, a defense medical doctor for one of these so-called independent medical examinations. And this doctor does both workers' comp and auto cases, both. Mm-hmm. And the work comp rules, <laughs> this is laughable, say that it's mandatory, everybody listening, it's mandatory for this doctor to audio record the work comp session of an injured work comp person that's injured on the job. But they say that they don't want to audio record somebody injured in a car crash when the work comp rule, you know, this afternoon, they're going to record it because they're ma- it's mandated by the work comp rule. But now they say they don't want to record it because it might interfere with something. When they do work comp, they have to record it. When they do auto, they say, oh, no, that's going to mess up the exam. It, 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 it doesn't make sense. As a matter of fact, sense. I'm laughing right now. Yeah, it, it, it makes me try. I, every time I try to get an understanding of that, where the workers comp in Colorado requires that the doctors audio record their, their sessions with their patients. Um, and if they're going to go for an examination, they audio record it so everybody can hear what was said and what wasn't said and what, how things were addressed and what went on. Um, these same doctors who get themselves board certified to give these, these, these opinions as work comp doctors uh, turn around when they're working on a case that doesn't involve an injury on the job, say, no, we don't want to audio record it because it's not going to give you an accurate or or correct understanding of what happened at the at the uh, at the examination. How they can say it's not going to give you an accurate or correct understanding of the examination is very hard to understand. And then they say somehow that the work comp system doesn't know what it's talking about because these injured people are going to act differently if it's being recorded versus if it's not being recorded. 
And uh, so they're in essence saying the whole work comp system should be thrown out, I guess. Yeah. So, so they say, I'm the medical doctor. I'm the defense doctor. So this morning I got an auto case. I'm going to examine somebody who was injured in an auto. I don't want an audio recorded because I just don't want it. But this afternoon, I'm going to examine somebody that was injured on the job, and they have a work comp case, and it's mandatory under the work comp rules that I audio tape it, so I guess I will. Mind you, these same doctors don't allow you to have a third person in. They don't allow you to send a nurse practitioner. They don't allow you to send anybody in to identify what happened and just sit there as, a, uh, as an independent or as a, as a silent person sitting over on the side and just watching what happens. They don't allow that either. No, they want you one-on-one where they can say you didn't act appropriately, you didn't say something appropriately. And so what we do, what a tip is, you always ask to video record it, you always ask to audio record it, and many times we send a witness there to the session. They can't interfere with the examination, but we send a witness. And many times, Brad, we've sent a nurse to, to the session with a doctor of course, they don't agree to this. You normally have to get a court order to do this, uh, but we send a nurse, but we don't send a nurse every case. It depends on the case. But the idea is to get a witness there. The idea is to get it recorded. The idea is to get a video recorded and audio recorded. That's right. And every time I have the defense attorneys ask for an examination, my response is always, will you do your audio recording or video recording? And the response is always no. And then we have to go to court and see what the judge is going to say. Right. You're listening to the Bell and Pollock Legal Show. Gary Bell, Brad Pollock. We're here on your side. You're the injured victim. You need protection. You need education. We educate and advocate. Give us a call at 303-795-5900. That's 795-5900. Or just go to our website. What is it? Champions of the what? Championsofthepeople.com because we champion people's cases and we can champion your case, right? Because we are the champions of the people. We'll see you next week. 